Praise the Lord. Uh, sorry, we're a little bit, a few minutes late. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we thank you for today, for this time of meeting with you and for you to meet with our people, all your children all over the world. Father, you are giving your word to your children. But wolves in sheep clothing have come in and have confused the flock. That's why you have raised men and women to be watchmen, to warn the other flock. And also warn the false brethren in our midst that the time is up. Father, it's by your grace that your children continue to stand. In the midst of a perverse generation, in the midst of great apostasy, you still have provided sufficient grace for your children to know the truth and to flee from all evil. Help them, Lord, as we teach to absorb these truths, to escape from the snare of the enemy. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon all our hearers and all who watch this broadcast, no matter how many years from now, that the same bondage will be broken in their lives, that their eyes will be opened so that they can see the truth, so they can hear the truth, so they can apprehend the truth in their hearts. Remove the devourer for their sins, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. Praise the Lord. Welcome to our live broadcast this day, July 04, 2021. We are continuing with our series. And we still ask that you go to YouTube to subscribe to our channel. It is free. So you can receive new high, new teachings in high definition on your television sets. Instrument are taken from our brother Caleb Brassi today. We come to thank him. May God come to bless him and his family. Contending for the Gospel of Christ series. We have done the first three. Today's topic, number four, you must warn others about unbiblical practices. It's not enough to say you know. You have to tell others. That is today's topic. The outline. It isn't enough to say you are a Bible-believing Christian. The question is, are you a Bible-practicing Christian? Number two, some of the perversive unbiblical practices, we'll try to bring out a few. Three, it is your duty and my duty to warn others of unbiblical practices. Four, this will not be to the wolves in sheep's clothing who have continued to make a mismit of the flock of Christ. Repent, you who have made a mockery of God's grace. God is looking for those who believe his word, they study his word, they act on his word, and they live according to his word. That's our testimony, that we live according to what we say. Number one, it isn't enough to say you are a Bible-believing Christian. Question is, are you a Bible-practicing Christian? Scripture, please. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 23. 
Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Praise the Lord. Who is the lost audience? His followers. Then and now. That's the lost words to us. And I encourage you to meditate on those verses of scripture. It says number one from what we read. Those who claim to be believers in Christ but are not doing the will of God. They are false. They are the ones who will reject on the last day because they said they were believers. They say he is their Lord and Savior and yet their actions belie what they professed. Those who claim to be believers in Christ but speak contrary to the Bible or do those things that are contrary to the Bible claiming that from the Bible those are false prophets those are false pastors those are false geos those are false teachers and the Lord warned us about these false prophets and brothers and sisters in Matthew chapter 7 verse 15 of the scripture we just read they pretend to be sheep See, they believe they pretend they're believers. But in truth, they are ravenous wolves. That's those that's Satan's plants. They are not there for the good. They are there to steal and to destroy. Number two, from the scripture we read. Faithful followers of Christ, that's you and I, if we say we are faithful followers, we should be able to know the sheep and the wolf in our fellowship. Think about that. It is easy to tell the fake and the true. If the indwelling Holy Spirit is in us, we should be able to tell the fake from the true. Because those who are not true will not have the Holy Spirit. So the question to you and I is, does the Spirit confirm in our hearts that this my brother or my sister who says the brother or sister or this pastor or G.O. is he or she a child of God? What does my Spirit tell me? Because that's very crucial. If I have the Holy Spirit, I should be able to know those who are not believers. When I hear them speak, when I see their actions, I should be able to tell. If I can't tell, then I've got a problem. I have to examine my own conscience and say, Find out whether truly the Spirit of God indwells me or not. Scripture, please. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 25. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Praise the Lord. That is the true test of children of God. Those who are leading you in your buildings called churches, do they exhibit these qualities? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are they really rushing for the things of the world by their, their utterances and their actions? That's how to judge. Because those who are spirit-filled walk in the spirit. Look at what the Bible said. It says you know them by their fruits. In the first scripture we read in Matthew. That's what the Lord said. What's those fruits? The fruit of the spirit. Not the gifts of the spirit. is the true test of who is a child of God. And who is not a child of God. That's why it's so easy to know them. If you have the Holy Spirit. Then you will manifest. The fruit. Which are the things we have just itemized. So if your pastor. G.O. or leader. Doesn't manifest those things. What do you need? Do you need anyone to tell that? He or she doesn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit. And if you cannot differentiate what is true and what is false, then you too have a problem. You have to do some soul searching. And I will say this. Their lifestyle says it all. Or their lifestyle says it all. Or their lifestyle say it all. The fruit of the Spirit is the measure. Not the gifts of the Spirit. You see, gifts can be faked. But the fruit of the Spirit cannot be faked. Not all the time. Someone is gentle is gentle. Someone has self-control has self-control. But gifts can be faked and claimed, but yet, you may not know, but the fruit of the Spirit cannot be faked. That is why the true test of a child of God is in the fruit of the Spirit. Not in the purported gifts, because gifts can be faked. And that's why the Lord said in the verses we read before, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me that the Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders in your name? You see, those are purported gifts, but they were fake gifts to deceive. But they cannot, they cannot mimic the fruit of the Spirit. Because you either have it or you don't. You can't manifest that which is not part of your nature. Praise the Lord. Number four. Again, taking the verses we took from uh, Matthew chapter 7. Those who are going about claiming to be miracle workers and prophets... But whom God has not sent, 
are workers of iniquity. Verse 23 said then, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I will have a word at the end of this sermon to tell those who still practice such. Next item. Some of the pervasive unbiblical practices today in the 21st century church organizations. How will you know them? Apostate church groups, denominations, have made merchandise of selling items like anointing oil, holy water, handkerchiefs, etc., etc., to their naive and undiscerning members. They have convinced their members that God will hear the prayers of those who purchase such anointed items, anointed in quotes. They teach that in addition to obtaining God's blessings, using those items we give them protection from evil spirits. Hence, some we spread the water in the night, put the oil all over the whole house. Such items, they tell their followers, has power to miraculously change their lives. But there is no record that our Lord Jesus Christ or his disciples ever sold or encouraged the selling of anointing oil, holy water, handkerchiefs, aprons, etc., etc., to their followers. Nor is there a biblical precedent, meaning there's no such in the Bible. Where people were told to put their trust in objects or that having such objects will make God look more favorably at them. I just remember in those days, sometimes, some of us, some, okay, to some people, they put Bible <laughs> under their pillow. <laughs> the Bible, you know. The Bible is not a Bible until you read it. It's just a book. But when you open it and begin to read, that's when it's the word of God. If not, you have it there, you don't read it. Please, what is it supposed to do? It's just a, it's just a book. But when you start reading it at a power, you begin to understand what is there. And you, it quickens your spiritual, your spiritual life. And you begin to grow. So please. Scripture, please. Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 to 8. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Praise the Lord. Did the Lord ask them to collect money from people? Look at that. Freely you have received, freely give. That's the motto of our ministry when he calls us. Therefore we say and shout, those who sell miracles are false teachers. Those who sell these so-called anointed, whatever you call them, materials, are false teachers. They are false prophets. They are sons and daughters of perdition. God's gifts are free. They are free. Those who have been paying for God's gifts and blessings, you have seen it. But you can't repent because today maybe you didn't know before. They must repent and want others to beware of merchandisers of God's grace. That's those who sell God's grace. 
Freely you have received, freely give. Am I the one that spoke that scripture? Is the Lord God whom we serve. So whoever is buying, thinking is buying items so that God will bless him or her, you have sinned. Repent. And those who sell such things, repent. There's a word for you at the end that is not nice at all. In Acts chapter 8, and I'd like you to read it when you go home. We're not going to read it. I will, I will summarize a few things. Verses 9 to 23. There was a certain man in the city of Samaria, or Samaria, called Simon. He was a sorcerer. Many believed in his sorceries and did whatever he asked them to do. But Paul had reached and preached in Samaria about the kingdom of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And when many had, they believed and were baptized as by immersion in water. Simon the sorcerer himself believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. Amazed at the miracles and signs which were being done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the apostles in Jerusalem sent Peter and John to Samaria. Having heard that Samaria had received the word of God. So when Peter and John reached, they prayed for the saints. And laid hands on them to receive the spirit baptism. When Simon saw that with the laying of the hands, people will receive the spirit baptism. He saw a new business opportunity. He offered money to the apostles that they can give him the power so that anyone on whom he lays hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Paul told him some things at the end. What he told them is what I'm going to tell all you fake pastors and preachers who sell objects. So that is reserved at the end of this teaching. Selling of anointed objects is a form of witchcraft and idolatry. If you don't know that, know it today. The Bible warns that there will be many false teachers who will exploit people for the purpose of making money and enriching themselves. It's all there in the Bible for you and I to read. People like Simon who are willing to pay for anointing oil will also sell anointing. I mean, if Simon had purchased that <laughs> uh, gift as he thought, he would also be selling the gift. He was not going to uh, bribe to get the, money, the gift in order to hold it himself. No, of course it would not have worked. He would have been selling fake spirit field, which means demonic possession, which some people who say they have the Basil Holy Spirit don't actually have because they were led hands on by fake and false prophets. People like Simon who sell anointing oil, they don't serve God. Hear the description of what the Bible says about them. Scripture, please. Romans 16, verse 18. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ for their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. You see that? They don't serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone making a merchandise who is preaching to collect money is not serving Christ. He's on the devil. Scripture, please. 
First Timothy chapter 6 verse 5. Useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Praise the Lord. They pretend to be godly. Their mouth was a sound godly. But in truth, they are there to make money for themselves. Next scripture, please. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. But there are also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Praise the Lord. False prophets and teachers are in the buildings called churches and denominations, and there are so many. They are brought in these destructive heresies of items. Bless them so you can go home and do ABCD with them. Thereby denying the Lord. Because it's at the name of the Lord that we are delivered. It's God that works miracles, not human beings. And many have followed them. And if they don't repent, they are headed into eternal death. Because they ought to know by reading the scriptures. And you hearing my voice today, watching me, cannot remain in such places. Where evil is promoted and made blameless. And you must warn others too, not just say I believe. No, you have to warn others because somebody is warning you now by God's grace. You also have to warn others by God's grace. It is not enough to leave the place and leave your fellow brothers and sisters still in bondage. Think about that. Because if they remain there, they are being initiated into witchcraft and idolatry. Item 3. It is your duty and my duty to warn others of these unbiblical practices. I'm doing my own today by warning you. Warn others. We received this letter. Next. From a beloved sister. And I want you to hear it. Please read. Good afternoon all. I would like to ask a question concerning prophetic prayers. I attended a women's fellowship where one of our sisters in Christ prayed using salt, water, and soil from the host's compound or elements of nature. She used these examples. Elisha used salt to purify water and to restore barren land in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. And Moses used the branch to make bitter water sweet in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 to 25. And Paul in Acts chapter 19, verse 11, miracles of handkerchiefs and aprons. The saints who touched them were healed. Please give your views. Thanks. Praise the Lord. This is an example of someone who knew in the spirit that what she was witnessing in that fellowship was unbiblical. So she sought answers. That's why we thought also to bring it to your, your hearing today. She alerted others after hearing the truth. Because she shared it with us and we gave her some insights. 
That's what we mean. It is not enough to know the truth. You must also contend for that truth. You must share that truth. God does not give us light so we can hide it in our closets. Always remember the parable of the talents. The one that hid one talent, you know what happened to him. We are called to be fruitful. Part of being fruitful is to warn others in the flock that there are wolves around. Their practices are evil. They take us into what? Christless eternity. So let us address the scriptures that our sister raised. Scripture, please. Second Kings chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out of the source of the water and cast in the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day according to the word of Elisha which he spoke. Praise the Lord. Elisha acted on the Holy Spirit's direction. He said, Thus says the Lord. So he consulted the King of Kings and Lord of Lords before he made utterance. He didn't just speak on his own authority. Now, did Elisha ever use salt again? Did Elisha tell the people to imitate him? That whenever there is sour water somewhere, they should use salt to solve future problems? He did not. Elisha's action was not premeditated. He acted under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it, whatever happened, happened. So to now begin to use that as a doctrine is false. Next scripture, please. Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 to 25. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. Praise the Lord. God instructed Moses to use a piece of wood. Moses did not act on his own. He consulted the Lord, and the Lord said, Use this piece of wood and throw it there and the water will become sweet. And Moses didn't ask the Israelites to imitate what he had done. And there's no more biblical precedent of using piece of wood to clean the world. Next one, please. Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Praise the Lord. Did you hear what he said? The people brought the aprons and handkerchiefs. He didn't, Paul didn't ask them to bring aprons and handkerchiefs so he can bless them, so they can take to their sick. It was the people who by faith 
Believe that God will heal their sick relatives if they touch Paul's body with handkerchiefs and aprons. It was the fate of the people. It had nothing to do with Paul. But Paul was ministering, and obviously things were happening around. People say, ah, if this man can say this and things are happening, ah, we let us carry something and take it to our secret who couldn't come to this gathering. Paul did not initiate the actions. Paul didn't pray over the items. The people initiated those actions. But in your buildings called churches, isn't that what happens? Anointing oil. Blasphemously, one pastor some time ago said it's the Holy Ghost in the bottle. Anointing oil, especially brought from Jerusalem. Jerusalem water. When you feast on such things, you are being initiated into witchcraft. There are biblical ways of using anointing oil. In James, the elders went to pray the sick. And it didn't specify that anointing oil will come from a particular place. But they had to do that in order to collect money from you. If it is only that they collected money and duped you, that's okay, I will say, because maybe you are being foolish. But the problem is they're initiating you into something that is worse, which takes you away from God. You begin to have silly dreams and things. And before you know it, you think you are still standing, but you have gone. Let's go to the next item. Repent. You who have made a mockery of God's grace. I'm not speaking to the Jerovaciers. The pastors. And everyone else who has been using this type of things. Teaching doctrines that are not commanded by God. Whom the Holy Spirit did not ask to do and they went to do. Scripture please. Acts chapter 8. Verses 9 to 23. Your money will perish with you because you thought by the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this your wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Praise the Lord. That is a word to you today, all you sorcerers and ex sorcerers. You are like Simon. And God is saying today, your money perish with you. Because you have continued to destroy God's flock with false doctrines. Unless you repent at the hearing of this preaching. And you have neither a portion in God's ministry. And your heart is not right in the sight of God. Therefore, challenge you today to repent. And pray to God to forgive you. And confess to your followers. So as also to bring them out from the bondage you are putting in. Pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. We are going to the cross of Christ again. We say to you, merchandise of God's grace who sell oil. Hank at you some water. To the poor and needy in your congregation that will solve this problem. Who are looking up to God for deliverance and healing, but you have made them not to look at items and objects. Knowing fully well that those are unbiblical and that you are just collecting money from them, that you are stealing from them. I say again, repent before the wrath of God falls on you. That's the message for you today. 
false pastors, general overseers. Most of you are in Africa, actually. Repent before the wrath of God falls on you. You are deceiving God's people. That's God's word to you today. You are initiating a little witchcraft and leading so many into eternal damnation because of your greed. Repent is the word of the Lord to you today. You false pastors and general in Africa, especially, who continue to steal from your congregation by selling them articles like oil, handkerchief, water, their unbiblical. Repent. Are you hearing me today? Run from such places and want everybody else to run from such that those are enemies of the, of the gospel of Christ. I'm going to speak about my Savior's love because it's my Savior's love that brought me to this place. And all of you should also stand and sing to him. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. You must stand amazed. I wonder how you could love me, a sinner, condemned and unclean. You and I were sinners condemned and unclean. How marvelous, my Lord and my God. How wonderful. My soul, oh my son, shall ever be. That's my songs of joy. He took my sins and my sorrows, both yours and mine. He made them his very own, carried all of them to the cross at Calvary suffered and died alone alone carrying the burdens of humanity how marvelous and how wonderful my father my God that my soul shall ever be when I think of your love because your love is wonderful your love is wonderful it's indescribable You should shout wherever you are and glorify the name. Glorify the Savior for this great love. And when the ransomed in glory His face I at last shall see. It will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. How marvelous. How wonderful that my soul will continue forever to be when I think of my Savior's love. I want you to think of these things as you contend for the faith. Don't sit in your houses. Be violent in the spirit. Cry out, pray, and challenge powers because you have authority over them. Don't allow anybody. 
to steal your salvation. And don't allow anybody to deceive the people around you, your loved ones. The time has come to stand and fight when you think of your Savior's love, my Savior's love. Look at what he did for you and I. And he has given us the power and authority over serpents and scorpions. That we should be able to cast out things that are not of his. And expose the unbiblical practices. That's what you and I must do. We have no choice unless you are not a child of God. If you are not burdened, then there's a problem. Ask the Lord to give you the burden for souls. If you are not burdened, ask him to give you the grace. Ask him to give you the grace to go forth and stand in the gap. Both prayers in preaching and teaching and study of the word. That's what we are called to do. Are we not the saints of God? Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, I have given you a word. I have given you a word. I have given you a word. That your people now know they cannot be putting their trust in things and elements. That is witchcraft and idolatry. I have given them your word, O oh Lord our God. Open the eyes of all who hear. Not only that they will go forth to warn others. They will look unto you, Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. And when they do, Father, and they know that you are their Lord and their God, as you send them forth into the world, equip them, Lord, that they will go and do only your bidding and not their thoughts. That they will learn never to sell your grace. They must never learn to sell your grace. No matter the temptation, no matter the demands, no matter the hardships they face in this journey. They must know that your word must never be sold. Bless as many as have heard. Bless their homes. Bless their ministries. Bless their study of the Bless their going and coming, O oh God. May your countenance continue to shine upon them. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ's name, we are prayed. Praise God. I thank you all for watching. Next Sunday, by His grace, we will continue with the series. Be praying for us, if that's we pray for you. God bless you all.